Hello and welcome to Hogcast, aka Conversations Over a Brew. My name is Patrick Fox from Heart of Glass, and we are an arts organisation based in St Helens, Merseyside. Broadly speaking, we support artists and communities to go on creative journeys together and make art. Hogcast is a series of intimate recorded conversations exploring the stories of the people we make art with. Normally, they are recorded in St Helens over a brew. So much goes into the making of a new artwork that you might not ever get to see or experience. So these conversations are a window into the process of making art. Behind any great artwork, and no matter the art form, there always exists a network of relationships between people, and typically lots of tea. This podcast is about the power of listening and conversation, and how making art can bring us together and create change. This is episode four in our Hogcast series. You can find past episodes on our website and also on Spotify by searching Hogcast. This conversation was recorded back in mid-January during lockdown. In this episode, we meet Kate Hodgson and Deirdre Nelson. Kate is a regular Heart of Glass collaborator, a St. Helens-based artist who works across the Northwest. Currently, she is working with us on a zine project with young women in power called Party. Deirdre is a textile artist whose work embodies a quiet activism, in the words of craft-based director and Heart of Glass collaborator Deirdre Figueredo. In this chat, the artists discuss working together as mentor and mentee through the Crafting the Commons network. We also get to hear lots about the commons and commoning in the context of making art. For those of you not familiar with the term, you might say commoning is about using the power of social cooperation to get things done and bring us together. We've added some reading materials to the description below in case you're interested in finding out more. Big shout out to our partners CraftSpace, who together with Nottingham Trent University have developed the Crafting the Commons network which runs alongside the We Are Commoners exhibition and is funded by the Arts and Humanities Research Council. The conversation begins with Kate talking. So without further ado, sit back, grab yourself a brew and enjoy. And please be sure to let us know what you think. My um, my divine light has come back, Deirdre. Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Well, I suppose, should we start, because we've not really caught up, and, and like, how have you been over the past few months? What, what have you yeah. been up to? <laughs> well, I've been, um, well, I've been really busy, actually, working on quite a few different projects, but the for the commoning project, I've been doing um, a lot of embroidery, actually, and uh, natural dyeing. Um, so I've been looking at my local area, so I went to the the local park and gathered loads of plants and then worked with a friend who's a natural dyer. So we've um, created a, a series of yarns using plants such as like bramble and um, apple leaves and ivy. And so it's been a really nice addition to the idea of the commons. So using the common land really to create colour for the project. So so I started embroidering my map, which is a map of um, within two kilometres of my house of all the the projects and activities that go on that create acts of commoning. So it's been um, really interesting, great to get going. So we've done a lot of talking so far, haven't we? And a lot of um, working out ideas. So it's really nice to actually physically, physically make things. Um, what yeah, about definitely. you? Um, to be honest, I, well, I suppose with the, the back and forth of being in a lockdown, <laughs> not being in a lockdown um the project probably as you know started 
initially as it was going to be it was going to be workshops that people could attend and then obviously that's not been able to happen because of covid um so now i have basically made a zine for young women in par um and this scene the initial one basically has activities and things to respond to um in the hope that the zine could become a series of zines that young the young women basically adopt themselves and and make each issue themselves um but because of the recent lockdown that's kind of slowed a little bit i think the plan was to kind of pop it into venues like libraries schools um and that kind of thing but obviously that's on pause for a minute but hopefully we can get some kind of digital version out um which would be good um but yeah still in the in the talking phase i think i've done a little bit of making but it's not quite realized yet so i suppose in the time that we've been talking we've gone through quite a lot of different ideas haven't we and spoken about a lot of different things from um as covid changed and and i suppose that's somewhere where our conversations over the summer um worked really well because we were able to sort of discuss you know what we could and couldn't do and possible ways and you know and give examples of other projects and I think the zine idea was a a fantastic idea because it's it ties in really well with commoning but it also allows you to do something that um you know you can do at a distance from people or people could do at a distance um and is that is that something you've done before the zine idea or is it something new to you not really um obviously it's quite linked because I'm interested in in printmaking and how print is a democratic art form and it's cheap to make it's easy to make multiples um but mainly before I've kind of done posters or bags or t-shirts like not so much a zine which is quite exciting um and I'm also hoping to experiment with a risograph printing which I've not used before um what is risograph it's so it's kind of like screen print um but digital so basically the printer has a drum in it of a of like a color of ink and your design gets burnt into this sheet that goes around the drum and the drum will print one color and then you would then print your next color on top of it so it works like screen print in that you build the colors up um, but it will go through a printer and it's all soy-based inks. It's eco-friendly. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. and But interesting because it, because it's soy, the ink doesn't set super well, so it, it can smudge and wear. And, but I think that's quite nice that, you know, especially if it it's been brings red. brings it back to hand techniques, doesn't it, in a way? You know, the things that mistakes or things that um, happen. You know, sometimes digital print is so perfect all the time, whereas I'm sure things like risograph give you a much more artistic approach. Or Yeah, know. definitely. And it's really hard to line the colours up. Um, but I quite like that because it could, each zine could be quite different. That's fantastic. And I suppose the, um, I was just thinking when you said eco, that's something I've been thinking of is, you know, if we're going to make artwork for a uh, project that's about the commons, that really we need to think 
about the materials that we use so that it's, um, you know, as environmentally friendly as possible. You know, people talk about, you know, the environment as the commons or the air as the commons or the, you know, the, the land we live on or the air we breathe is, is all part of the commons. So and that, I think that's something I've been thinking about is trying to make sure that all the materials are um, you know, as environmentally friendly as possible or the work can be as sustainable as possible because I think that's something that will be important in thinking about the commons as, you know, in a much wider worldwide sort of issue. Yeah, definitely. And I think as an artist, you know, you're constantly making things and and like adding more things into the world and and think it's important to be quite conscious as to you know are you just making something for the sake of it or are, are you yeah. actually considering the materials and its uses and its purpose and and I also I'm quite interested in com in like recycling as a commons that yeah you know we all do it um and it, it's it's easier to do it now you know we all have recycling bins and and I suppose that in itself you know being provided by the council isn't in itself a commons, but I think giving back to the com, you know, the land and nature, yeah. and and it's just quite a nice thing to think about, isn't it? That everyone over the country is doing the same thing to yes, protect the environment. Definitely. definitely, and I think artists have a part to play in that as well. Particularly as producers, we produce a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, I've been there's something I've been thinking about quite a lot is reducing the things that I produce but also maybe thinking more about what I produce and I suppose in a way designing the the end of the project at the beginning so you really think about what's going to happen the work afterwards I suppose that's something that ties in with the zine idea because I think we spoke a little bit when I last spoke to you about um maybe the zine could become something that people could work on themselves or you know draw on or write on or so it becomes nearly like a wee mini notebook as well for people to, you know, add their own ideas. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, it's also the pandemic's changed my way of working a bit. I don't know about you. Normally I would kind of just get straight into the studio and and make things, whereas it's made me stop and think, okay, where is this project going before I actually make something physical? can I talk about it can I do it digitally can I you know test some ideas out in a way that isn't as wasteful or or you're not producing as much um so I think yeah the zine as a physical copy but also as a digital copy that can you know people could just just as much as they could pick up a pencil and fill out a zine that they receive they could also access it on their iphone and draw on it and email it back so it's the the double that I quite like that you can access it in different yeah. ways and also the other thing that just came into my head was maybe the paper from the zine could you know thinking about printing and you know it could be used for something else you know you spoke about maybe things could open up and become like a poster or I was just thinking like wrapping paper or you know recently I've been any presents I've just been using whatever I've got lying around rather than buying paper or any, you know using excess materials so there's something really nice about the zine as a sort of I suppose a multi-purpose thing you know it could end up being a poster or wrapping paper or you know a magazine you know in its own right but also something that you write on and um 
they, maybe we should talk a little bit about some of the other ideas that um, we spoke through at the beginning. You know, when I first started mentoring you, we, we spoke a bit about um, other, this was when we could meet the group, but they were all really interesting ideas, you know, so it might be quite nice to just to remind Rewind ourselves of some of the, yeah, just to, <laughs> um, because I think it's, the the process has been really interesting, just talking through the ideas and then working out, oh, God, yeah, we can't do that. Now we've got to change again. And, you know, you've had quite a journey of change in the way you work. I mean, my work for the Common English Exhibition hasn't really changed that much in terms of ideas. But I think you've had quite a journey of having to chop and change. So I think that would be interesting. Yeah, definitely. Because I suppose it, it's, well, it started over a year ago maybe like last October, November time um, when I was initially applying for the residency. Um, so that at the time was quite open and, and I didn't really have a, have a grasp on commoning and what it was. And, you know, I felt like it, it my practice linked to the ideas and theories behind commoning, but I hadn't actually stopped to consider its definitions and and different ways it can manifest and how the artists use it how academics use it um and then obviously we met at the was it december time at the crafting but the all the, the months have blended into each other in these I days <laughs> <laughs> i think it was december um, and it was in nottingham wasn't it um, yes so we met each other there along with the other artists and academics that are involved in the exhibition um and that was really great wasn't it but I remember coming home thinking I now feel like I know less <laughs> about what commoning is because everyone has a different opinion um yeah I but was then, like that uh, as well yeah at the same time I think it, it puts you at ease a bit because you know all the answers were right and and so at the same time of being baffled that no one agreed, I was also, yeah, at ease that whatever I think commoning is, is, is right, essentially. Yeah, I think so. And I mean, I suppose I was the same. I just, um, I just thought, oh my God, there's so much, particularly when the academics were speaking, I was just like, oh, there's so much I need to read and understand. And, and then I, I think at that meeting, I began to think, oh, actually, there's loads of commoning around where I live. And that sort of fed into my ideas, really, because I just was feeling that, um, oh, actually, you know, there's a, a, a community garden down the road that people set up themselves. There's a, a swap market. There's the repair cafe. And, and that was quite interesting. So it made me sort of um, search out the commons within my own, in my own area. So it was quite a good starting point. And then after that, we I suppose we had lots of just conversations over um, Skype or the phone, just at where yeah, you were you at, made, really. I was going to say, you made it to St. Helens once, didn't you? Um, yes, yeah. Like early January. I suppose this time last year, really. Yeah. Um, which was great because you'd never been and you could get to see where I was working and where the residency would take place. Um. And good for me because sometimes it's quite nice to take, you know, I know St. Helens so well. It's quite nice to take someone round that doesn't know it and it makes me consider things and point out things that I'd probably just walk past. 
Yeah, it was fantastic to visit it and just and see where you are, because I suppose my role in this is as a mentor is um, very much at a distance, just sort of supporting you in, in your project. So uh, to actually physically see where you'll be working was really good. And, and I know we haven't had a chance to um, to meet again down there, but I feel like even just having seen it once, I, I know a little bit more about um, about the place and and also about power and, you know, and through talking to you about the the uh, the group that you're working with actually the that might be quite interesting is just to um talk about the group because they're um it's young women isn't it that you're mainly focused on yeah um so it's young women in an area of St Helens called Pa um and the age range we're roughly looking at is like high school age so around like thirteen to sixteen. Um, but there's, you know, a little bit of lenience within that. Um, so initially the idea, um, after a bit of research, kind of similar to your research in, into what's already happening in PAR, what exists, what community groups meet, um, what is already available to young women in the area. I was then planning to set up a um, swap shop type thing so young women could meet with um old clothes and swap them or upcycle them print on them um, and basically that's that's what the initial plan was pre-covid then obviously covid happened and things were on hold but obviously it was quite difficult because we didn't know how long it would last and initially i thought oh this will be a couple of months and i'm sure we can do the swap shop <laughs> you know in the summer um, and little did I know that a year later we'd be sat here in the same position. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think as that realisation came, the plan had to change because I couldn't pause the residency indefinitely, um, which is where the, the zine idea came from. Because um, I know on our zines we've talked a lot about when we, even when we were talking initially about the swap shop and and clothes upcycling we were talking a lot about women's magazines and and what's in them and skill sharing and the format of them um so that I think that's really where the idea came from yes because I remember talking about I've just reminded myself now or you know you reminded me there is um we talked a lot about the skills that women already or these young women already have and ways of celebrating their their skills and uh, I suppose with confidence building type thing, you know, and we were talking about all the things that they can do um, that, you know, maybe we could do some sort of, a, um, you know, celebrate that in some sort of way. I've, I've just remembered that actually because we had so yeah. many conversations. Uh, so many, I remember we had a real extensive conversation about prom and we were both quite excited oh, yes. about the idea of could we upcycle prom dresses and could we like make a prom shop for yeah. young women to come into. Because um, you were telling me that that was quite a big thing there, the prom. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think a lot of young women really look forward to it. Um, but I mean, all these ideas still could one day happen, but they were kind of, you know, in the initial pre-COVID um, phases of the project. But yeah, so th I think... The zine stems from from as you because you did you talked a lot about how you have like audited skills in the past right 
and you've collected yeah, I, data. Yeah, I've done quite a few projects where um, I've made sort of collections of things and it was quite, I think we spoke a little bit about that. It was quite easy for people to get involved because, you know, I would leave out lists that people could add to so that, you know, it was in some ways you could leave just a, a note in a cafe and say, you know, what do you make and get people just to add it. So it was quite a way of gather, a good way of gathering information from people without having too much interaction. So we spoke a little bit about that, you know, as a way of maybe gathering information over social media or um, just leaving things out in the local shop or, or whatever. So I've done uh, a list of me. The project's called Made In, where basically I just ask people what they make. And it could be anything from uh, someone that makes really nice food to someone that makes, um, I mean, it was including everything. It could be someone that is really good at doing nails or, I mean, we were trying to think of things that maybe the girls would do or, um, you know, that they uh, did certain things for their friends. And we spoke a little bit making in that sort of way, didn't we? And then the other thing I've done is in, with a few communities is shopping lists. So an ideal shopping list. So you basically ask the community what they would like for their area. And it could be anything from something that they want physically for the area, like, you know, more play parks or whatever, or it could be something they just want for themselves, like a a nice holiday, a trip or something like that. And it uh, has worked out as a really um, great way of gathering, I suppose, a picture of a community and a picture of the skills that are there and, and what people want for that community. So... Yeah, but I suppose I was giving you just a few examples of things that maybe I've done in the past that have worked because we spoke a little bit about how to engage people, didn't we? And we, we were thinking about WhatsApp groups and Facebook and social media, you know, as a part of it as well. And um, and I suppose that's a bit harder to do because you I suppose you need permissions and all sorts of things. And um, But I don't know if you followed that up, whether you've been able to connect with any groups yet to do that. Yeah, I think that, well, really was the challenge pre-COVID and post-COVID because the group itself didn't already exist, which is quite different to how I've worked in the past. Um, so, yeah, I think that's still in the works, really. Um, and the idea is that the, Z the first scene is a call out to young women to get them involved. Um, but... I think my, you know, my idea of a group has changed quite a bit now. It doesn't have to be. I think I had an idea of it being a very concrete group of young women that met once a week. Whereas now, you know, I feel like with the zine, it's a bit more fluid. People don't have to contribute every week. They don't have to be fully invested. They could just, you know, send a picture back. They, you know, it. I don't think... It needs to be engaged with in the same way as physically turning up to somewhere, which I think is quite nice because people can dip in and dip out how they want and take from it what they want. Um, and, and we talked a, a lot at the start about how to engage young women and, pe and people that don't necessarily identify themselves as creatives or, you know, people that are interested in the arts um, and and that goes back to your skills audit and recognizing that a skill is you know making a good cup of tea or painting nails. It doesn't have to be I'm an artist and I can make a masterpiece. <laughs> you know yeah. I can draw amazingly. Um, which I think it was really good to get your perspective on that because often 
you know, you turn up somewhere and, and you're you're trying to get people involved in a creative activity and they just want to run and hide because, the, you know, they think that they are not interested in it or they've got some barriers as to why they, they don't want to get involved. Yeah, and I think if you open it up in a um, sort of celebratory sense, you know, because I would say to people, what do you make? And they say, oh, I don't make anything. And then their friend will say, but you knit jumpers for babies or you, um, you know, you make really good cakes or and I think people it's quite a nice way of getting people to actually think because everybody has something that they do, you know, whether it's working in your shed or, you know, recording music. I mean, and also with all the technology that these young women have at the minute, you know, you just think uh, it's like. They, I bet you they all can edit and I bet you they can all do really good films or record themselves singing or do dances on whatever TikTok or, you know, like there's so many things that people do that they don't think are creative, but, you know, are really very creative and actually really, you know, will, um, you know, will add to the richness of any sort of community um, or area. So I think... Um, that's and the zine is in a way it's sort of similar to the lists and things that I've done in that it's gathering you know it's gathering that sort of I'm sure people will pop out of the woodwork that say oh I can draw or you know or so and so can draw or so and so can use the computer and do a digital image or adjust a photo or you know so I'm I'm sure you'll gather a lot of skills through that. Yeah, and that is for me is the commoning like you know the share the sharing of skills and resources and I would ideally like the scene to to be that and to be adopted by the young women and it to be theirs and essentially you know all I would do is edit yeah and print the zine yeah that would be fantastic and so it becomes their own but without them even realizing it in a way you know and I suppose that's something I try and do in projects is and that's the whole thing about maybe trying to leave something behind so that, you know, you leave something behind, but people feel it's theirs rather than an artist has made something and then left it with them. You know, it's it's that, you know, they've they feel that now it's theirs and, you know, they sort of even hate to say, it, but even forget that you exist, you know, in, in the project that you mm -hmm. know that's a great way of making making something that's sort of longer lasting. Um. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what what about you, Deirdre? Have you, I know your project hasn't really changed in the way mine has, but, uh, you know, how is commoning continuing post-COVID? Are these sites still open or are they digital? Actually, that's really interesting is because that's been something I've sort of been looking at because I suppose I was wanting to make a map that was very much about locating these projects and like one of them, for example, is uh, called Music Broth, and it's a music lending library. It's absolutely fantastic. You can you pay so much to join, and then you, um, you can go and borrow a violin or a guitar or um amp or whatever you do. It's absolutely amazing, and um, they I went. They were actually one of the groups that I went to visit, which was really fantastic. And I realised there was so many crossovers when I went to visit because they had music cases that needed repaired, and then I was thinking, oh well connect them up with Repair Cafe and you know there's a lot of crossovers between the different projects but they they're doing a lot of things on the road so they'll take musical instruments out to people so they've changed um a few places have 
I suppose their activities have changed in that they can't really work with community groups in the same ways, but people seem to have adapted and kept going. Though There was one of the projects uh, lost their funding, the swap market, but they're still doing a lot of online things. So I suppose people just, um, they've been able to adapt really and they, you know, they've been able to just try and keep going. And uh, with everything, all these things are often funding dependent, you know, Repair Cafe, for example, which I'm involved in, we haven't been able to meet people or um, do public events. We used to meet once a month, but now um, we've been doing little bits of advice online and we're going to try and do some online workshops. And we've all been doing a little bit of bartering for each other, like swaps and things, just, you know, the, the actual repairers. I've been, I repaired socks in, in, as a swap for uh, getting an iPad screen fixed. So, um, so there's things going on that are still very much about commoning. So that's been interesting. Um, but the other thing that with COVID, um, which I've been looking at is uh, COVID, what I'm calling COVID commoning, because there's a lot of things have happened as a result of COVID that are about commoning, really. You know, things like people putting rainbows in their windows, uh, clapping for carers, um, you know, the way people have got together and shared resources. Um, my I live in a tenement flat in Glasgow and, you know, even just the way we sort of interact as neighbours is, I mean, it's always was very good. We all get on well, but, you know, there's a lot of things that have happened. We've, uh, you know, swapped food. We've um, we've started up a, a bucket just to collect food for the food bank, which, you know, I take down to the local food bank every so often. And so we've done a lot of things that, are very much about commoning and um and that's been a different sort of thing and I think that's happening all over um you know all over the world really people have come up with ways to sort of share resources um and look after people and which I suppose is one of the things I'm quite interested in, is the sort of social aspect of commoning that's really about caring for other other people so that that's been interesting I don't know how I'm going to document that yet it might be a separate piece of work because there's so much that's gone on and you know, it's it's at the minute I'm making um, badges for I've come up with the idea to create a guild of commoning. So I'm I'm making embroidered badges for the groups and they're a little bit like brownie badges or um, scout badges and to celebrate the groups that are around me. So um, that I don't know just within the time frame and everything, whether I'll be able to cover all the amazing commons things. But I think that's something that could be represented in a different way, either online or um, I'll need to, to think about that, really. And I'm sure with your group in par, they're doing exactly the same. I'm sure there's ways that the young women are uh, sharing things, um, whether it's online or, you know, physically, safely, you know, dropping things off to each other. And I don't know, maybe they could be still swapping clothes and all the things that, you know, we spoke about. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I've seen a lot of... Um you know people doing deliveries for other people and sharing food I think that's quite a common thing that's been happening across the UK oh well and probably the world I imagine um and things like fit you know fitness classes I remember back in like April and March there was um a care home in par and they all like came out on the balcony and did a aerobics class <laughs> oh, that was great um so, yeah, there's loads of different things that are going on. And I think also the online thing, you know, that's become a, a sort of form of commoning in a way. You know, I was thinking that, you know, there's so many things I've watched online that I wouldn't be able to go to. You know, 
conferences, talks, um, theatre, things that, you know, like, you know, I was in London in the theatre, but at the beginning, myself and friends were going to the theatre every Thursday evening, you know, and there was things that I probably couldn't afford to go to or travel to that's opened up, you know, through this, you know, just being separate from each other. So that's been quite interesting. And, I've, you know, I, I suppose I've just I started thinking about the commons all the time. You know, I just keep thinking at the beginning, I was going, is that commons or is that commoning or what's, you know, whereas now I just sort of, I suppose I see it everywhere or the potential for it everywhere. I don't know if you're the same. Yeah, I think, especially with my project at the moment, it's very much, because it's not happened, it's still very much a potential. But it's the invitation, I think, for me at the minute that this could become an act of commoning and, you know, young women could share skills that are then, you know, someone might submit a recipe to the zine and someone else might submit how to make, you know, the perfect artwork or how to apply makeup, the perfect eyeshadow, you know, all these skills could be submitted into the zine and then it's a resource of skills that young women have and want to share. Um, And also I think the vision for the future so the the initial zine is very much around the future so I've kind of taken kind of in the way that I don't know if you watch Grayson Perry's art club or oh, whatever yeah. it was yeah so the way he set a theme every week to then get people to respond to um, I'm trying to do a similar thing with the zine so that each zine will have a theme yeah um, so this first one is the invitation is to focus on the future and what the young women want from the future. How would they see power in the future? I think it's been a um, a really good um, result of all the discussions that we've had, you know, to come up with the zine idea because it sort of covers so many things. And I think it's um, it's achievable and it's, you know, because I think at the beginning there was so much, I think we all felt it, a lot of pressure that, oh, but, you know, we've got to produce for an exhibition and we've got to do workshops and do all these things. And I could understand your, you know, difficulties that you were having with it. But I think this is, you know, through all the discussions, this has come to a really nice result that, you know, will have a life beyond the project and will keep, I think it will keep going in whatever form and it can take its time to do it as well. It doesn't have to be immediate. I mean, that's the thing we're so used to is things happening immediately. But with COVID, we've had to just take our time and actually not expect things to get results really quickly. So I think it's a, a great result, um, you know, as a, an art form. I think it, it'll work really well. Yeah, and I think it's it's made the time has really made me consider consider this project quite differently to the than my normal way of working and it, you know it will be pocket sized so you could literally just take one and it's it's super portable and and I just you know every part there's the design of the zine I've really considered and and like you say you know it's a really difficult time it'll be a bright colored printed thing it's called party because it's a celebration of par and the young women in par. Um, it's a good, yeah, uh, it, good name. Yeah, it took me a while, but I got there in the end. Oh, it's great. And hopefully one day a party can actually happen and, and you know, there could be some form of celebration.
that would be great and hopefully I'll be able to get to it as well. Thanks again for listening to this episode of Hogcast. We'll be back again soon with another conversation over a brew.